you know, do you want to follow your dreams and, and explore your passion or, you know, do you want to keep working for somebody else? And, and you know, there's trade-offs to both, you know, you, you've got your free health insurance and you're making a bunch of money, but it's not what you want to do. Or you have, you know, this dream that you're pursuing and you don't know what the next day is going to look like and you're not making a bunch of money but you're doing something that you love and that's fulfilling. So that's the path I chose. Hi everyone, that was Jackie Wasserman. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and we are back for another episode of the Veg Talk podcast. An update for you all as we continue our travels through Mexico. We have driven all the way from San Diego to La Paz, that is in Baja, California, Sur, which is about an 18 hour drive. We caught a 14-hour ferry to Mazatlan and then drove another 14 hours to make it to Anna's hometown of Zuchitapec, which is in Morelos, in time for my birthday, which was on the 22nd of January. We now find ourselves in Cancun. The reason we came here was to surprise Anna's little sister at her cheerleading competition, which we successfully pulled off. It was an awesome day. And you can actually check out the videos all the way from Baja through to where we are now on Anna's YouTube channel by searching Anna Alarcon. That is A-N-A-A-L-A-R-C-O-N. I hope you're all really well. And um, I have to say a huge thanks to those people that shared last week's episode with Colin and also left ratings and reviews for the show. I really do appreciate it. And we are growing this podcast together week by week. And I'm grateful to have you all supporting me. Now... For this week's episode this was our first day in los angeles and i don't think we could have spent the time any better jackie was an amazing guest and i think you will really enjoy her story from growing up in atlanta to now owning an apparel company in los angeles she has rubbed shoulders with the likes of obey founder shepherd fairy you will hear an awesome story in this podcast about her design ending up on some of their clothing Jackie has also worked multiple jobs in the design industry and ultimately this wasn't fulfilling despite the pay and benefits that were on offer. This led to her founding Beat by Beat. Now kick back as we go deep into her story. Enjoy Veggie Mates. I will catch you on the other side. And we're rolling. So Cool. Okay. Let's um let's get started. So today Really stoked to be recording my first podcast in Los Angeles. The sun is out. It is shining. Not something we've had in the last couple of months. So we're really feeling good vibes down here. And we're here with Jackie Wasserman. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. Or Wasserman. 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 Cool. (laughs) The founder of BeatXB, vegan apparel company based out of Los Angeles, repping their t-shirts we love this company and we met jackie in new york earlier in 2018 and we yeah we're stoked we could we could set this up we said we'd do it so here here we are welcome to the show thank you thanks so much for having me i'm excited to do this cool let's let's get into it so i think the best way to start is by learning a little bit more about you where you've come from because you're not an la native right you haven't always (laughs) owned beat x beat I haven't. I haven't. There is um, there is a history to that. So let's let's learn a little bit more about you, what it was like living in the South, um, and yeah, your experience there. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, in particular, a 
little suburb town called Roswell. And, um, yeah, just your typical, um, you know, family growing up in the South, um, middle class, uh, and growing up eating a bunch of processed food. (laughs) So the Lunchables, grilled cheese, chicken fingers, all that kind of stuff. Um, that was basically my diet, um, which was not healthy at all. (laughs) And I was a very picky eater as well. So, um, that didn't help things. I didn't branch out in food until I was, um, probably in college. So (laughs) it took me a little bit to discover, um, new foods and things like that. I mean, Atlanta and the South, you know, it's all about the Southern food. So fried chicken, collard greens, um, barbecue, all that kind of stuff. So that's very like prevalent there. And, um, you know, meat is and dairy is a, a staple. So, um, you know, just growing up eating all of those things um, and never really thinking about it. Um, my mom, she, my parents got divorced um, when I was young. So um, she, you know, was a single mom raising three kids and she worked as a nurse and was working like long hours and stuff. So when she got home, she wasn't very much of like a cook and in the way of like wanting to make nice meals and things. I mean, she would every now and then, but most of the time, you know, it was like, um, TV dinner type things or pizza or stuff that's like quick and easy to make. Um, and so, yeah, the, the influence of food there, um, like I said, I didn't really expand on that until it was later, um, you know, in college. And then, um, when I became vegan, so yeah, yeah often that can be the case. That's right. like when you start branching out and thinking or looking at food differently right. and, and wanting to explore it. Going into into high school, college, did you go um, and, you know, did you stay local for college or did you, did yeah, you go away? Yeah, I was away? there. Yep. Um, I was there for college. I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta for graphic design, so I have a degree in graphic design. Um, and then... Um, yeah, so it wasn't until, um, you know, about five and a half years ago that I moved from Atlanta to Los Angeles. And what drew you to graphic design? Um, you know, I originally, when I was in high school, I was in a criminal justice class and I really loved the teacher that I had and he just was really inspiring and at first I thought I wanted to go into forensics because I thought it was so fascinating. And at the time I was also really into, um, electronic music. So I would see all of these, I have an older sister and she would bring home all these flyers from raves and stuff. So I thought I was like really intrigued by those and all the graphics and colors and cool, um, stuff that was on there. So I, started playing around with Photoshop and like making my own fake flyers. (laughs) And, um, that's kind of what led me into wanting to do graphic design. But also when, as I grew up, I was drawing a lot. Um, ever since I was a kid, I would always draw, I would, um, you know, draw stuff for my friends. And I eventually got into, um, graffiti lettering and doing all that when I was in middle school and high school. 
And did you get out on the streets and actually? No, no? I didn't. It was just you know pen and paper yep. kind of stuff. Cool. Um, so that developed, and then it wasn't until high school that I discovered Photoshop and started messing around in there. And then I figured out, okay, this is what I want to go to school for. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I suppose when you go to graphic, when you go to school, college for graphic design, what are they teaching you in school? How broad is the, uh, the coverage of, of topics? Um, so you have to take basic, your basic, uh, you know, like English math history type of stuff. Um, but then you have, um, depending on what your major is, like, for example, in the graphic design um, course, uh, we took, like, there was an intro to, like, web design type of thing. And then we would learn art history and um, color theory and um, the basics of all the different programs like Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, and then there was other classes like... Um, you know, portfolio class where we had to learn how to put that together and um, typography and, you know, all that. So there was a, a broad range of what you would be learning that, you know, was, um, what are you trying to say? I suppose some of it is hands-on, some of it is theory. Yeah, some of yeah. it's hands-on, some of it's, um, yeah, just uh, taking in the, the education of, of yeah. that kind of stuff. Was there any history... Or you know certain uh, certain type of art that you were drawn to. I think you might have mentioned street art yeah, before. Right. Were there people already out there um, that you were looking up to in that kind of world, the street art world? Yeah, I mean, um, I growing up um, discovering art um, and graphic design. I really uh, love Andy Warhol. Um, and, um, let's see, there's some other graphic designers out there that their styles and things that I discovered when I was in college, um, that I really liked. And, um, for some reason I can't think of like any of their names right now, which is horrible. Um, but, and then, uh, let's see, as far as street artists go, there was like local street artists that I really liked, um, in Atlanta and um, just, you know, their artwork was cool and, um, you know, Obey was one of my favorite uh, brands and Shepherd Fairy was a huge inspiration for me. So um, that that all kind of had an influence on my work. Cool. You know. And out of college, were you looking for a particular job or did you, um, you know, just interview everywhere and, and, and land yourself a job was that more the aim yeah like it was it was kind of interesting for me when I got out of college or when I was in college and getting out of college um, because I didn't find a graphic design job straight away um, it took a little bit of time I mean I was doing some freelance stuff but uh, nothing that really that I was really using my skills for. Um, so eventually I found um, a newspaper. It was called the Sunday Paper in Atlanta. That's kind of like a um, an alternative kind of paper, like a progressive type of thing that's all about like the culture. And, cool. you know, they have that 
uh, type of information. So I was doing advertising design for them. And, um, I, but I was never, you know, I was still looking for something that I wanted to like latch onto because, uh, a lot of graphic designers, they kind of have their, their thing or their, um, style that they design for. And whether it's in, you know, it could be in packaging or typography or, you know, these different industries. And I didn't really have one that I was focused on. I was just kind of all across the board. So, um, like we were talking about before, um, when I entered a design contest for Obey and I won that, that was really what kickstarted my career for, um, designing graphics for t-shirts. So how did that come about? So, yeah, I mean, so, a national competition, I mean, myself, I haven't won, I've never won like the jelly bean counting competition. <laughs> right, like, right. I, I've never won a thing. So yeah. to, to be in America where you've got 320 million people in the country, Obey, one of the most, you know, f- famous clothing companies worldwide. Right. Shepard Ferry, one of the most famous street artists worldwide. Mm-hmm. He puts up a competition for his brand. Yeah, so and you've you've decided to answer. Yeah, the way it happened was um, at the time I was super into streetwear and street art, and so um, oh, well, I still am today. But uh, there was a retail store called Metro Park, and they sold streetwear clothes. And um, one day I was in there, and they had a flyer for the design competition. So it was like Obey and Metro Park came together for this uh, design contest. And it was open to anybody. Um, and so nationwide, people were submitting designs. And I thought, well, let me try this out because I love this company. I think it would be really cool to, you know, design something and for them. So next thing I knew, um, they called me up and said that I was one of the winners. They chose a boy and a girl, and I was the girl. And I couldn't believe it because I've never won anything like that in my life. And I remember jumping up and down in the parking lot of the Sunday paper where I worked because I was on the phone with my best friend. Like, I just won this contest. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. And, um, yeah, that was a really cool day. That is awesome. Yeah, the, the feeling of, you know, being picked by, yeah. by someone you look up to and then ending up on their clothing. Right. And in stores it's yeah it sounds like it shapes like definitely your focus and and where you wanted to go after that so after you've won that competition what what then kind of what kind of road did you start heading down yeah so um after that that definitely you know piqued my interest in t-shirt graphics so I started looking into um where I could find a job doing that and at the time there was a t-shirt company based out of Atlanta that was um, hiring for graphic designers so um, I went there and applied and um, they're just a small company doing um, mainly t-shirt graphics and they were selling to Fred Siegel and um, a lot of places out here in LA and they were more of a boutique brand and Bloomingdale's carried them and stuff like that so I worked there for um almost a year and um after that was when the recession hit so it was a really rough time um I got laid off and then um 
I was kind of figuring out what to do because, you know, nobody could get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and so what year was that around? That was like 2008 mm-hmm. um, when I won that competition. And then, wait, was it 2008? Well, 2008 was the recession, I think. So <laughs> I personally didn't get affected by it. I didn't, I was, I didn't have, I was just out of high school. So I didn't have any, okay, yeah. I did, definitely didn't have any like investments that sure, could sure. get shot or yeah. <laughs> my jobs were pretty basic. So I, yeah. I definitely don't have a, a point where I can, you know, yeah, no worries. remember that. But. Um, yeah. So I think it was around then and um, I struggled for a while and I ended up having to um, work at Urban Outfitters uh, mm-hmm. as a retail associate. I was like folding shirts and, you know, checking people out and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and also I was trying to freelance at the same time just to, um, you know, make it. And so one day I had this guy that I was ringing up and he was buying a bunch of shirts and he was like, oh, um, I don't know why I'm buying all these shirts because I can just produce them myself. And we got started on a conversation of like, oh, what do you do? And he said he owned a, a marketing and branding company and, you know, makes a lot of t-shirts. And I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, do you guys ever hire any freelance artists? You, you, know, you need any work? And um, he, he said, yeah, definitely give me your card. So I ran in the back and I got a card for him. And um, he called me up and said, we like your work and um, we want you to freelance for us. And so I did that and um, for a few months. And then they actually hired me on full time. And then I worked my way up to being the art director there. So I was there for um, a while. I, I can't remember how many years. <laughs> it's a while ago. Um, but that was the company I was with uh, before I left Atlanta to come to L.A. So, okay. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah. a cool, you know, a cool journey. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not linear. You know, no, there's, no, there's a no. lot of ups and downs right. there. So I think that's how it goes for most of us. Right. But we're all looking for this kind of like idealistic, perfect kind of path. But it just doesn't happen that way. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going to happen there. And to even to fast forward, actually, uh, about the Obey contest, I've um, met Shepherd Ferry out here a few times, actually, and the first time I met him, I told him, hey, I'm the person that won that design contest back in 2008. And he remembered the design and it was amazing. I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm talking to Shepard Ferry and he remembers that I designed this. And yeah, it's, it was definitely, um, you know, full a circle moment. Yeah, full circle type of thing. Um, so yeah, but it just, you know, kind of, I feel like everything that has happened career-wise for me has set me up for what I'm doing today with my business. It kind of all prepared me working at um, in retail and then having the experiences of working for different fashion brands. Um, And then, you know, now I have my own business. So all of that experience has helped me, you know, create beat by beat. So cool. Yeah. So, Leaving Atlanta, how does that fit in with your decision to to become vegan? Where does that drop in on the timeline? And also, what was the journey there? How did, how did you start to 
to learn more? Was it a was it a line in the sand decision, or was it something that you kind of grew into? So um, the big thing that happened um, for me to go vegan. Well, I guess I'll tell my vegan story and then I can go on from there. <laughs> for sure. Um, so at the time, um, the partner that I was with, she was vegetarian. And so we were together for four years. And um, just by being with someone who was vegetarian, by default, I was eating less meat. And um, I was kind of becoming a little bit more conscious about things that I was eating and, and stuff like that. And then, um, it wasn't until I, uh, was on Netflix and I watched a couple of documentaries. The first one was fat, sick, and nearly dead about juicing. Oh, so the Aussie seeing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. And that was cool. So seeing that kind of sparked my interest a little bit more to kind of learn more on my own. And then the next, uh, documentary I watched was forks over knives so that one was the <laughs> the nail in the coffin, <clears throat> so to speak. And that's what did it. And um, it wasn't, my partner never uh, said anything to me about eating meat. It wasn't, you know, ever like shaming or anything. So it was all, you know, brought on by my, my own control and my own self to, to go and, and educate myself about it. Were you two still together when you watched Forks Over Knives? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, and that was interesting because now not only did I want to go vegetarian, but I wanted to go full vegan. I was like, you know, I, I can't, you know, s know what happens and keep contributing to, you know, the factory farming and the suffering of animals and to the detriment of my health. You know, it was like, that's, that's just not going to happen anymore. So... It did take some time to transition. Um, you know, living in the South, it wasn't super vegan friendly. At the time, there was not a lot of vegan products on the market. You know, like Daya was, you know, pretty much the only mm. cheese option. <laughs> and, you know, there was, there was just not much out there. So there was a few places in town that had, you know, vegan options and things like that, but um, nowhere near what it is today. Um, and so actually Whole Foods helped me a lot because they started this program. I think it was in partnership with Forks Over Knives or, or, um, Rip Esselstyn or, mm -hmm. um, something like that. It was called Health Starts Here where they created these, um, chef classes or cooking classes in store that you could go to and it was all plant-based. Yeah. So I would go to those classes, um, like, I think it was like once a week and I would just meet people who were there and the person that was um, teaching the classes and we exchanged information. So I was learning more and more of how to switch my kitchen and cook and I was researching bloggers and um, this was before Instagram. So um, I was just trying to connect with bloggers as much as I could and, you know, got a lot of books and just educated myself. Um, but yeah, like I said, it took a, a while and my partner stayed uh, vegetarian, but um, yeah, I just, I kept being vegan. So it's cool. <laughs> it's, an, it's an intriguing dynamic uh -huh. for me. Just hearing that story. A question I want to ask you is 
what it's like to be in a relationship before so before you went vegan what it's like being in a relationship from the meat eating point of view because mm-hmm. I, I often hear stories about the other the reverse i right. you know we hear stories about yeah i'm a vegan and my boyfriend or girlfriend they are not or they're yeah. the, completely the opposite um but I, you know i don't judge and i try and incorporate vegetarian meals into their life sure how did we how can you recall how you saw it at that time were you like huh it's interesting or i'd like to do that or was it a defense with defensive mechanisms up saying you know no i don't want to yeah eat anything i still had a ton of stigmas and stereotypes attached to what vegans were and even vegetarian you know I, i just i never saw myself at that time as a person who would be vegetarian or vegan i just it just wasn't you know, a thing. I was like, I, I want my pepperoni pizza, you know, (laughs) you know, I just, um, yeah. And, and the, the thing that I thought was cool, excuse me, that, um, that my partner did was, was she just never like pressured me about anything. She didn't talk to me about like, Oh, what you're doing is wrong or, you know, you need to think about what you eat or any, anything. There was just nothing of that. It was all really just on, on my own merit of, of, um, educating myself. And, um, I think, you know, it was, it's definitely a good, it's certainly beneficial, Mm -hmm. um, because then those defensive mechanisms don't come up. You don't get pushed further away. Right. Did you ever cook together or did you cook separate meals? Yeah, we cooked all the time. Yeah. So like, um, if I'm trying to remember if I ate anything that was not vegan or a vegetarian, um, I think it was mostly like when we would go out to eat or, um, if I maybe got fast food or something, I would bring that home. Um, I think I might have kept like deli meats, um, you know, in the fridge, which was okay. But definitely, I don't think she was cool, like, with me cooking bacon or anything. Mm. I don't remember doing that. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's... Cool experience, though. Yeah. And then flipping it. Yeah. Because this is something I have not heard before. <laughs> so, in the same relationship... Right. You've... And I can understand because the same thing happened to me. Anna was out one night. Okay. We weren't vegan. She, you were out at some event and I watched Forks Over Knives and Plant Pure Nation on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I just know where yep. you're coming from and, yeah. and what the experience is like. And it was just like, bang, like right, right then and there. Like yeah. I can't contribute to this anymore for the exact, you know, the animals at that point, it wasn't so much uh, what I was drawn to. It was my health. I'd seen grandparents pass away in their early 70s of ill health Mm -hmm. so for me it was just like a game changer you're still in the same relationship you've gone from being on one side of the spectrum to the other where she's staying in the middle vegetarians doing look you know i'm not gonna i'm not (laughs) gonna diss a vegetarian because what they're doing is also much more beneficial than what we all grow up doing sure what happened then? How was the dialogue between you two? Yeah. Was it a surprise for her? Right. I mean, I really dove in pretty strongly um, at first and I was like, 
I, cause I went from, I was eating cereal every morning, like, you know, 2% milk and going from buying these gallons of milk. And there was, I think there was one in the fridge and I'm just like pouring it down the drain. <laughs> and She's like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know? And, um, I, I don't really recall, um, I don't recall like exactly how our, how it shifted them because we didn't end up uh, staying together too much longer after that. Um, but uh, from, I mean, she was cool about it. You know, it was just kind of like, well, I, she might've had the, the position of, well, you know, hello, like that's kind of what I've been over here doing and like, you know, this isn't anything new to me. Like, <laughs> are, you try, are you trying to one up me, Jackie? Yeah. Are you trying to be that yeah, person? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the the vibe uh, that I got. But um, I mean, supportive. You yeah. know, so that was cool. Um, but then it was kind of uh, interesting for me because you know now that I knew everything, even about be- being vegetarian with the dairy aspect, um, you know, I was kind of like, well you know, why not, why not, why are you still eating dairy? And maybe you should try this too. <laughs> kind of thing. Classic. But you know, I didn't want to like pressure, you know, because I, she didn't do that to me. So I just, you know, kind of left that, but, um, it was, it was interesting, um, going through it for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that story. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So you got empowered in the kitchen. I think that's a huge help as well. Yeah. When well, you know what to cook. Right. Um, and I loved cooking. So that was something um, that I really enjoyed because as a graphic designer, we're like problem solvers. So I love doing things like that where I can figure stuff out and, and make things work. So um, it was just that much more fun and interesting to me to be able to go in the kitchen and say, okay, well, I love to make pizza or I love to make pasta or whatever it was and figure out how to veganize it and just research all these different recipes and test them out and um and and baking like I love making cookies and you know all that kind of stuff and um yeah I just I had fun with it yeah it's I yeah I agree I think we did similar kind of uh, route again it was engine two for us so that's Mm -hmm. Rip Esselstyn's page that helped us a, a ton yeah because I don't know, I think we we somehow overthink it. Like like oh, no no meat, eggs, and dairy anymore. Like yeah. oh, how, what are we gonna do? It's <laughs> right, like it's three right. things, you know. <laughs> right. But yeah. we do have to learn a new way of cooking to make it satiating, exactly, filling, healthy, and then some of the treats that we're used to, desserts or mm-hmm. you know what pizza, whatever it might be going out and knowing there's an option and if there isn't an option how we can produce it ourselves. right and I think that's another thing that um took me a, a little more time to transition is because my partner was vegetarian so she was still eating the dairy and the eggs and everything and so you know I was still trying to be vegan but it was having that stuff in the house and her eating in front of me and eating it when, when we'd go out and stuff it, it was a weakness moment because those mm-hmm. things are like cheese, you know, it's the most addicting. So I feel like that's the last thing to go. So that was pretty much how it was for me is it, that just really kind of took some time for me to completely, um, cut everything out. But 
but I got there. It's, it's also <laughs> easy to fall back on old habits. Right, exactly. You know, like yeah. Cheese does have an addicting component to it mm-hmm. uh, with queso morphines. Right, exactly. For cows. Yes. You know, they're bigger animals than us. It's going to be somewhat addicting for a human. Right. Um, but yeah, just old habits. You know, yeah. it's, it's very easy. And if it's in the house, that would probably be my one of my things that I would give to anyone that's looking to transition is if you can remove it from the house yeah and you won't eat it it can be tricky in the situation where you're living with someone else and they want to eat those types of um you know food items yeah but yeah definitely a a situation we all kind of find ourselves navigating now so absolutely very cool so going vegan in 2012 going into it head first real strong um and you know you've built up a good resume with the graphic design by this point Mm -hmm. you were mentioning just before we went into that a move to los angeles so how did all that come about yeah so after um well so really my relationship was what um kind of sparked that because um we had ended up breaking up and um i kind of was thinking about okay well what is the next chapter gonna look like for me and what you know, just kind of reevaluate, you know, when you go through a big breakup, when you've been with someone for a long time, you kind of reevaluate your life and, and, and what you're doing. And that's pretty much what I did. And I was just like, you know, I was, I was born and raised in Atlanta, everything that I've, I've kind of hit my, my stride here and, um, everything's kind of become the same to me and a little bit mundane. And, Um, I love my friends and family, of course, but I just wanted something new and different and I wanted to explore and I wanted to see what else was outside of where I grew up. And, um, so I thought about New York and I thought about LA and I had a couple friends in LA and I had actually visited LA once before. So I called up a friend of mine that lived here at the time and told her, you know, my idea that, hey, I was thinking about maybe coming to live there. And she was like, oh, that's amazing. You could be my roommate, you know, come on out, I'll help you. And so from there, I just picked a date and started saving money and then said, all right, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to go. That's really cool. Yeah. So I suppose what drew you to LA? Like what drew you to LA over other cities that you might have been looking at? Uh, I know you're big on music. Yeah, um, um, I think it was just like my the way my personality is and, and the way that these L.A. is like it's the weather and there's a lot of outdoor activities that I can do. And, um, you know, I already had a couple of friends there, so I felt like that would be a little more comfortable for me. I'm, my dad used to live in New York, so I was I was familiar with New York and I knew that, you know, it was a a great place as a creative person to go and like find a job but to live it just wasn't you know on my radar like I don't think I would have matched well with it like LA seemed to match a lot better for me so went down with snowstorms yeah exactly yeah (laughs) right right it's a little more laid back here and um yeah so I, I felt um more comfortable moving this way cool yeah so LA it's it's definitely uh, I feel like it's a polarizing city mm-hmm. um, from people that have 
you know, just hit, back in Australia, hearing I'd never been and hearing about it from people that had traveled there. I think the only friends that came back and enjoyed it were people that were in the music industry. Mm-hmm. They really enjoyed it. They'd come home and, you know, they'd done all this stuff or seen bands play at small venues right. and, and had this experience that was really in line with the, what they what they enjoyed. But most people coming here, it, they didn't bring back good, you know, good news about LA. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it's spread out. There's lots of traffic. Um, it's sure. hard to get around as a tourist, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And I think that kind of started to build in my head. Uh-huh. But then you come here and you get to experience it yourself. Right. If you're here for a little bit longer, um, you can totally see why it would be a cool place to live. Right. Um, so after you've moved, what what was the direction? Because you've left your job. Right. Yeah. You're moving so- cities. You've broken up with a with a partner that you've been with for for multiple years. Right. Like it's a it it as you said it's a huge change. So where did you want to go with it, life? Yeah, I think. At the time in my life, um, during that stage, I was just in this mood of like, I don't, like, no fucks given. And um, it was just like, I'm going to let the universe guide me and take me wherever I need to go and I'm not worried about anything. And that is the mindset that I had and I didn't, research too much about LA or anything I just knew hey that's that's where I'm gonna go and I'm gonna figure it out when I get there um didn't have any plan other than to stay with my friend that I knew out here and I didn't know what else was gonna happen I didn't have a job lined up I didn't have a solid place to live um I you know it was just all up in the air and my friends and family thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. They were really worried about me <laughs> because they're like, you know, when you tell someone, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to move to L.A. Oh, really? OK, well, where are you going to live? What are you going to do? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, what? Uh, we here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you guys can relate on that one. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it was just such a freeing time because I got rid of so many things in my life you know material possessions material possessions that I didn't need anymore um and um it was just that mentality of not worrying what was going to happen because I just for some reason felt like I knew that whenever I got out there that it was gonna work out and I was gonna figure out you know, whatever I needed to do. And luckily that's what happened. And, um, the journey to get there was awesome and I wouldn't have changed a thing. And I ended up packing up my Honda Civic with whatever fit in my car. And my best friend came with me and we did a two week road trip out to LA and, uh, we stayed with a couple friends along the way. And the rest of the time we just couch surfed. Um, because, uh, Airbnb wasn't around, um, back then. And couch surfing's free. Couch surfing was free and it was awesome. We had the best experience. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have changed it. And when, when I got out here, everything ended up falling into place and couldn't have worked out any better. So 
And for those of you that aren't into cars or, or know much about cars, either do I, but a Honda Civic is not a very big vehicle. Yeah. So moving moving your life across the country. Yeah. You know, we've managed to fit our stuff in, in one van, but we've got a lot more storage space than I imagine you did. So Right. Yeah, that that is cool. I I can relate on the freeing experience of of giving away or donating or removing material possessions oh from your God, life that amazing. you don't need. Highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, we we were just saying yesterday we were driving here from Santa Barbara and we were on the highway 1 and we looked back and Anna just said like it's crazy like we have everything we own in this van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just kind of like laughing to ourselves, but it is a freeing moment knowing that you don't necessarily need anything else. Mm-hmm. We often like, we find ways to fit things into our life that right. just become clutter. Exactly. And uh, whether it's, you know, mental clutter or physical clutter mm-hmm. that you can... You know, People yeah. clutter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it all exists. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. So that is cool that you're able to have that experience and you... You kind of let, you know, we'll call it the universe. The, yeah. the universe kind of navigate the way for you. Yeah, absolutely. When did, so it's, is it, it's beat by beat? Yeah, sorry, beat by beat. So I love it's that okay. because <laughs> I've been calling it beat x beat yeah. for, for, for forever how long I've known about your company. Yeah. Um, and there's another company at home, 2x is two times you. So like, okay, yeah. yeah. I think it's meant to be called two times you and I've been calling it two X U. It's like an athletic wear company. <laughs> cool. Yeah. For forever. And I think, I think I still call it that because it, so it rolls funny. off the tongue better. So beat by beat, how long into the LA journey did it start to come about and, right. and, and actually, you know, become a company and, and start growing legs? Yeah. So I came out here and I was freelancing. Um, I, like I said, I had some money saved, so I was living, um, with my friend at the time and I started looking for jobs and luckily um, my boss from back in Atlanta, um, his brother um, at the time had owned an apparel blanks company called Alternative Apparel and um, they had a design studio out here down in the fashion district in downtown. And so I reached out and I said, hey, uh, is there somebody I can reach out to there at Alternative that I can speak to about graphic design, a position? And um, yeah, so he sent over um, a recommendation and I got a call from the art director and they wanted to bring me in for an interview. And so I went in and they were they told me, she told me right away that, um, you know, it wasn't because of the recommendation that I was on like my own merit of my portfolio and stuff that, that they wanted to hire me. And so I thought that was super cool. And I ended up working there for a couple years and they ended up, um, closing down because they restructured the way that their business was like our design studio out here was more focused on, um, products for their retail stores Um, so they were actually going to be closing down those retail stores and just focusing on providing, uh, blank, uh, products to, uh, consumer or businesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, during that time, I'll, I'll rewind because I, 
Okay, so I got the freelance job. So during that time, I was um, researching online um, for vegan t-shirts. And so at, at the time that I moved to LA, I was still pretty new in veganism. I was maybe a year in. And so I was really looking for like a, a t-shirt that I could wear. And um, at the time, there was not a lot of t-shirt brands around. So it was mainly like herbivore clothing. They're like the OGs. Um, they were around, of course. And then there might have been maybe one or two other very small companies. Um, but for me, my personal style, it just there wasn't anything that fit that. And so I was kind of like, hmm, like I, I love herbivore. They're, they're awesome. I love what they do. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't find anything that really spoke to, to my fashion sense. And so I just sat there and I thought, huh, you know, I have all of this experience in, um, you know, t-shirt graphics and working for fashion companies. And, um, you know, I have this new found way of life and I'm super passionate about it. And I was like, why don't I try to do this myself? Like I've always wanted to start a clothing company of some kind. And this sounds like it might be the right thing to do. So, <laughs> so I, um, started brainstorming and I, I called up my old boss again <laughs> and I told him my idea and, um, I wanted to get his advice because, you know, he's an entrepreneur and, I started calling up um, every person that I knew that was an entrepreneur, friends of mine, and just getting their advice about how to start a company and um, getting their advice on, you know, what I was doing and, um, uh, yeah, just brainstorming um, ideas for the the name of Beat by Beat and um, what it was going to be about and all that kind of stuff. So that's really the beginnings of how it started and and also at the time I was freelancing for a t-shirt company that was um uh like a a foodie brand I would say and they would sell at different festivals and stuff so they actually got an account for um life is beautiful festival that's in Vegas and um I created the entire um festival graphics for the first year that they were there and this company took me out there with them and I was able to sell at this festival and sell the shirts and learn that business so again mm -hmm. that's another experience that I had that helped create beat by beat and helped me in 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 what I do right now so um that's also something that's kind of cool to, to look back on and see but um so from there I took the money that I made freelancing from alternative apparel and um, started beat by beat and came up with a handful of designs. And then I was doing that while I was working for alternative full time. So I'm doing alternative full time. I'm also freelancing on the side, you know, just to get extra projects and I'm working on beat by beat. So I'm doing that um, all the way up until the company closed and when that happened um it was a real bummer because <laughs> I really liked working there and it was a great atmosphere and 
I love the people I worked with. Everybody was super cool. Um, and I just, I didn't want to try to find another job, a full-time job because I knew that nothing was going to compare to the situation that I was in there because it allowed me time to work on beat by beat. And it also was just flexible. Um, and I worked on some fun stuff and had great opportunities there. So I, I knew that it was going to be really hard to find something similar. So I was really resistant on trying to find a new full-time job. And everything just kind of started uh, unfolding and working out, um, you know, as I went on. And, and luckily, my neighbor, he at the time was a creative director for a marketing company. And you know, I told him what happened with my job. And so he's like, Oh, you know, we actually have a position open, um, and hired me on as a designer there. And I lasted about a week. <laughs> and I was driving to this place, um, every day. Uh, it was in Glendale. So that's about every day for a week. Yeah. Every day yep. for a week. <laughs> Um, it's about like 40 minutes in, in traffic and, um, just thinking, why am I here? Why am I doing this? The work is not inspiring to me. It's not anything that I want to do. Beat by beat was starting to take off. I was, um, you know, meeting more influential people. I was getting my product in the hands of influencers. I was, you know, needing more time to dedicate to the to doing things like that to help it grow so I just thought you know what I I am in a position where it's like you know I could either keep going like this where I'm working for somebody else and I'm working late hours at this place so it was like I would get home and I wouldn't have much time to work on beat by beat so that was another thing that kind of bothered me I didn't want to I wanted more time to work on beat by beat, not less. So um, I just said, you know what, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to just go in full time on this and let's hope it works out, you know, and if not, I can always go back to working for someone else. But, um, you know, that's really what happened. And um, ever since then, uh, I've been full time on beat by beat and it's it's been awesome. I've I've loved every minute. <laughs> Very cool. Really, really cool. So you made this decision very quickly. A, a week of enduring that cycle. Yeah. And you had they, had enough. Yeah. I even went so I mean, you know, my neighbor is my boss. So I I talked to him at work. Another interesting kind of right, relationship dynamic. you have to navigate there. Yeah, yep. and I was like, you know what? I thank you for this opportunity. This is amazing. Um, and he knew full well about you know how I was, had my own business on the side, and I was trying to cultivate that. And I said, you know what? I, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I really need to focus on this. This is my passion. It's my dream. It's what I want to do. And he was supportive, but he also tried to keep me at the job and he's like, we're going to offer you more money. Will you stay here? Please, please. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. So even with an offer of like more money, I had free health benefits. Like, you know, I was making the most money in my life. Um, you know, it was just like, you have those 
options that you have to weigh of, of, you know, do you want to follow your dreams and, and explore your passion or, you know, do you want to keep working for somebody else? And, and, you know, there's trade-offs to both, you know, you, you've got your free health insurance and you're making a bunch of money, but it's not what you want to do. Or you have, you know, this dream that you're pursuing and you don't know what the next day is going to look like and you're not making a bunch of money, but you're doing something that you love and that's fulfilling. So that's the path I chose. It's very hard for, I think, A, for ourselves to dig deep and and take the route that you took mm-hmm. to consciously forego everything that you just explained on one side right. of the ledger and decide to plunge in the deep end mm-hmm. on the, on the other side which is obviously you're consciously picking a more difficult path absolutely yeah and it's it's i mean obviously i'm not afraid to take risks considering you know moving from moving my life from atlanta to los angeles all the way across the country not having not knowing you know not having a plan set up of like what's my job where i'm going to live and all that so um just kind of thinking back to that moment and saying you know what this worked out for me before i'm going to try this again and you know just having the the faith in yourself and uh, the faith in in the universe and you know if you're really trying to do something where because for me beat by beat is I want to help people I want to help people discover this lifestyle and if they don't go vegan that's fine but if I can at least just educate them on something that is different from you know what they know or or practice every day that is me doing my job and that is what I'm passionate about is spreading awareness about this lifestyle and creating positive change so cool yeah so uh, on a deeper level what is beat by beat about what did what did you have to think about moving forward okay this is going to be my life now Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this clothing company to the next level what kind of message on a deeper level did you want to present to to consumers and to the wider public? Yeah, so I think it goes back to Obey and Shepherd Fairy and how that whole um, theme and premise and motto and um, vibe is about questioning everything, questioning what the government tells you, questioning um, you know what society tells you, and um, you know, what the norm is and just um, asking yourself the questions and turning to yourself. And, um, you know, it kind of goes against, uh, it's like, you know, a little bit of punk rock and radical and like goes against the grain. And that's kind of fits my personality, how how I am as a person and how my brand is and um, my approach to veganism, I guess, and fashion. So I, you know, once I discovered veganism, I was just took all of that passion and put it into beat by beat because I wanted to educate people really. And, you know, I, I was 
sitting there after Forks Over Knives being like, why don't more people know about this? You know, just getting upset. Like everybody should, should know these facts and um, not be blinded uh, or turn a blind eye to what's happening in our food system. And so, and, and everything else that's involved with it. And so um, I really wanted to create Beat by Beat to spread that message and do it in a way that was comfortable for people, um, especially in fashion, because I I love fashion. I love clothes and streetwear and, um, you know, being able to throw on a shirt that you feel confident wearing and like cool and, you know, fits your style. And you can go out and be a walking billboard like you're almost an activist yourself. Um, You don't have to be going to protests or anything like that just by wearing a shirt that has a message on it and walking down the street you're a billboard for and you're it's a way for people to strike a conversation with you and say oh what what does that mean or oh yeah my brother's vegan or like whatever it is and just educate people about it and um in the way that fits you know your style because there's a lot of ways there's a lot of different types of vegans and there's a lot of ways that you can educate people about being vegan. So it's just a way to just open up those conversations and help people spread awareness. Through your, you know, again, it's, you've aligned what you, what you love. Yeah. Um, doing for work. Right. Your creativity and it's your outlet to, to spread that message and to give other people right. the opportunity to exactly what you just said before, to have those conversations mm-hmm. and to not thrust themselves into maybe positions that they're not exactly uh, comfortable with maybe to begin with. Sure. Like a, you know, a cube of truth or a, a save movement. Yeah, it's all about um, planting is, seeds. They're tough events to, to throw yourself into. Right, right, right. So chucking on a t-shirt is a great way to, to get involved uh, on another level. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose the first... Uh, the first thing we can do is get in the kitchen and start cooking meals that are free from animal products. Right. But if you want to take it to another level, it's a very simple way. And I've had those conversations wearing your mm-hmm. t-shirts. That's cool. People, oh, I love your t-shirt. You know, just passing by in the street. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that was a cool, unexpected comment. They read right. it. It's now in their consciousness to maybe go home and think deeper on, oh, why is that person yeah. wearing a vegan t-shirt? Like, that's, right. That, you know, yeah, that's kind I've of had, different or right. exactly I've what you're I've had plenty of different moments. I mean, I wear my shirts everywhere to the grocery store, to the airport, to um, picking up, for example, picking up a rental car. Um, I was wearing the Fuck Factory Farming shirt and the the guy that was um, helping me was like, oh, um, factory farming. What is that again? Is that like something about uh, animals where it's like bad? And I was like, yeah, so, you know, that's my opportunity to come in and educate him about factory farming and why it's not good. So, um, you know, just like that. And I hear stories um, from people like you and and supporters of the brand that tell me how they are able to have conversations. Even somebody who wore a shirt, you know, during Christmas dinner or, you know, and it's uh, a family member asked them, about it and it's you know just um easy way to strike up conversation yeah Yeah. but it's not so like 
I mean, some of the messages can be in your face, but it, some are are not so much and can be a little lighthearted. So, and, you know, have a humorous tone to it. So, um, like Anna's mug. Right. <laughs> yeah. The meat and dairy industry might not find it humorous, but, right, right, you know, right. to, the, to, the, to the lay human, I think exactly. it's, uh, it's a humorous message. Right, yeah. right. And that's, try, you know, what I try to um, put into my graphics as well is having a little bit of a humorous tone or, or something that tries to make you think a little bit more um, without being so obvious. Um, so, yeah, and then also, you know, obviously that, that punk rock and that um, – sort of um kind of rebel kind rebel of vibe. attitude yeah, yeah exactly um that is definitely prevalent in in the brand as well so were you a punk rocker as a kid like music yeah, wise yeah yeah definitely I so loved, that's coming through oh for sure yeah. yeah all of that stuff like the the punk rock stuff um the street wear the street art um uh yeah just different musical influences like the electronic music um, stuff like that all of that stuff um, is is a uh, sort of a vibe of the brand so because it's a, you know it's kind of an offshoot of myself I was gonna say it's just a culmination culmination of your experience here yeah on yeah. earth right exactly pretty much yeah <laughs> no it's 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 really cool uh, one thing I wanted to get into as well is uh, I think there's there's more of a message around it now which is needed Um because, you know, veganism, we're up against large companies mm-hmm. um, that do a lot of horrible things to animals, to the environment. Uh, it's not good for our health. Right. Uh, we're still consuming it, though. Right. We're m- mindlessly, blindly consuming these products because it's the message we're being given uh, from a young age. So not really to blame anyone, but, you know, for for the large part of society, they've definitely got their thumb on us. They've marketed to us in very smart ways mm-hmm. and they have us under control to some to some extent. It's the same with the fashion industry up against huge companies that are able to create new looks every week. Right. It's like, you know, 52 different seasons a year. Right, yeah. Um, why is that approach to fashion bad for for us the planet uh, and what can a company like beat by beat do uh, to go up against you know some of the the larger fast fashion brands that are out there maybe like an h&m or forever 21 i'm mm-hmm. not even aware of all the yeah. there's a nate blue nate what uh is it old navy right yes those types <laughs> of I'm not, you can tell I'm not really into fashion. Anna forces no, me okay. to buy socks when I have holes in my socks. <laughs> I went home a few years ago with holes in my t-shirt. My mom was not impressed. So I'm, I'm not big on the whole clothing scene. And that's why we bring awesome people like Jackie on the show. Oh, thank you. So um, yeah, what, what can you do? What can we do? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to change habits and Um, you know, we know that through, um, veganism, you know, changing your lifestyle. Um, and that's kind of what it's about too with fashion. Um, and it's just really educating yourself on, on these topics and, um, what happens in the fast, fast, fast fashion industry. Um, you know, I'm not an expert by any means on it. Um, I just know through educating myself, um, and, uh, 
you know, being a business owner that's in the fashion industry, but it's actually one of the leading producers of, you know, it's just, it's so detrimental to the environment. The the impact. Yeah. The impact of, of, uh, fashion is just very detrimental to, to the environment. So, um, and fast fashion doesn't help because it's created cheaply, which, you know, the, the production chain suffers because it's, it's the people who, um, it's pretty much like slave labor, um, where Out they, in countries like Bangladesh right, or Yeah, India. exactly. Yeah. And they, um, and they don't get paid much. Um, they're not treated well. Um, and there's no really regulations in place. Um, now you're seeing a, a bit of a shift in that because people are getting a little more conscious and hip to what's happening. So, um, you know, you're, they're creating a demand and speaking out, which is what we need people to do. Um, and there's a great movie called true cost, um, which talks about it's fast fashion and what happens and, um, the behind the scenes and everything and talks about different brands that, um, follow those practices but now um you're seeing a big shift which is good um for people to take responsibility and have certain um certifications in place um and you know it's not perfect or better that much well let me (laughs) it's not um what we want it to be a hundred percent yet but it's moving in that direction and what's important is um you know, just people taking a look at how they spend their dollar. I mean, it's the same thing with, with veganism, I feel like, and the food that you purchase and, um, you know, where is this money going to support and how is this being produced? So um, those are all, all things that we should take a look at. Yeah, I think a big lesson is that, you know, whether it is factory farming, whether it is the the implications that fast fashion has overseas Mm -hmm. we as humans tend to if it's not in our line of sight every day yeah we tend to not want to learn about it or right uh, we just we just don't know yeah what happens behind the scenes sure uh, and we're not really we're not really digging and we're not um, educating on us we're not educating ourselves on where we are spending uh, our dollars every, right. every day. And I think if most people learnt about factory farming, uh, they learnt about the conditions in, in, in a place where people are making clothes overseas mm-hmm. and, and their life and their experience. Yeah, if exactly. we learn about those things, I, I think that 99.9% of the population would at least not agree with it. Right, yeah. And that's the thing about these big corporations. I mean, they're big corporations that have a lot of money and they're able to do this. And it's all about, I mean, it's society and how our thought is about consumerism and we're born to consume. So that, to change that is going to take time. And, um, you know, the effects that we're seeing from the environment and things like that, um, the chemicals that are used, uh, you know, all of this stuff creates a negative impact. So, um, you know, once we can, you know, not turn a blind eye or, or focus on those things and really speak up about it. And, you know, if you have a brand that you like, you should 
and you don't see clear information on their website about where their products come from, you should, you know, email them and, and message them and say, Hey, I'm, I really like your brand. You know, can you give me a little more information about, um, where you produce these or, you know, if you have any certifications and things like that. So, yeah, it's all yeah. like, you know, learning about down jackets, learning about right. fur trim. Sure. It might look cool, mm-hmm. but what is the real process that goes into that? Yeah, If exactly. you see the process with your own eyes, right? I highly doubt you'd want to go out and purchase a $700 jacket mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the cruelty that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there, and it's just with the marketing um, terms, you know, with people now, they're saying, oh, sustainable leather and... Um, uh, veg tan leather and all these different things mm-hmm. to make you think that what you're buying is uh, more sustainable and, and all of that. It's really just marketing techniques. Um, even, um, you know, I see plant-based getting thrown around in a lot of different ways too. And so, um, you know, you have to really be, um, look into what these things mean and, if a company is using any type of leather products or any animal products, it's just not sustainable, period. There's no way that you can produce something that's made with an animal sustainably. So um, the the marketing really gets uh, muddy. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think the, the marketing tactics will continue. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. On, it's on us to yeah. understand them. And, you know, it's easy to chuck a word like sustainable sure. in front of something mm-hmm. and then have people go, oh, it's sustainable. Right. Let's, you know, make the purchase. But yeah. we do need to look further than that. Yeah. Uh, whether definitely. it's a, you know, doesn't matter what company, but we definitely need to look further into our own choices to, I suppose, to help this movement become more of the norm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely because yeah there are large implications that if we don't change our ways then we're going to see probably detrimental some, effects yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly cool so i suppose where where do you see beat by beat going now now that you've got it you know up and running have you had some challenges along the way with the company some successes with the company uh, what's yeah. what's next for you that is an interesting question because <laughs> I feel like I'm at a point right now where um, I am trying to figure that out for myself. Um, I don't really have a clear um, plan or a picture of, um, you know, what Beat by Beat's going to look like in the next five years or, or whatever. Um, I take it day by day because as a business owner that is a sole business owner, it there's just so many moving parts and so many things going on that I'm just looking at what's happening in front of me today because <laughs> that's pretty much all I can handle. Um, otherwise, you know, I do have ideas of things that I want to accomplish and goals, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, it, um, we'll just have to see what <laughs> unfolds with that. Um, I know that, uh, as far as challenges, you know, I, we talked about this earlier with the organic stuff. 
Um, I introduced an organic line in April of 2018. Um, it's been something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, and, uh, I really wanted that to be successful, but unfortunately, um, it, it wasn't and actually cost me a lot of money. And now, um, you know, I'm making up for that and trying to get back to a good place. Um, and I think that the demand for organic, um, products and stuff is just not strong enough in the market right now. Um, and the price point and everything like that might've been an issue, but, um, you know, I'm just kind of working on trying to get back to a place where I can introduce more organic products in the future. I would really like to do that because that's something that for me is important, um, personally. Um, so yeah, these, you know, there's just things that, you know, I take risks on and test out and see if they work. And sometimes, you know, you have your, your failures or things that, um, you know, don't work out as well as, as you want them to, but you know, that's all a part of owning a business. You have to, you know, take those risks and, and see what's gonna stick and, and develop more. And so, um, you know, there's that, um, as far as successes, the biggest success of the company that I've had so far is probably with the reversible t-shirt that has been my best seller ever since I came out with it, which is probably about two or three years ago now. Um, and yeah, everybody just loves the concept of having, of being able to wear two shirts in one, um, and having, you know, two different designs on one shirt. Um, so that one has been a pretty good success. Um, other successes I would say are just, um, being able to meet, uh, lots of inspirations of mine and, and celebrity influences and, and stuff like that. Um, getting celebrity support from different people, um, Moby in particular. Um, and you know, meeting Shepard Ferry is, is amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm just hoping to continue, um, maybe even doing some more collaborations. I, I've, I've a success I would say is also doing a collaboration with mercy for animals a few years back, um, which was great. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, continuing to do some cool collaborations and stuff like that. So Moby's the man. Yeah. He's great. Moby's he's, he's incredible. Super generous. Yeah. Yeah. He's so generous with, um, I suppose with his time and, and, and what he puts his efforts towards, mm -hmm. it's, it's really incredible. I love following him. Oh I think, yeah. Um, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Hey Moby, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on the podcast <laughs> as well. You, you really are doing amazing things with such a, he's got such a large uh, fan base. Oh yeah. It's yeah. He really tackles a lot of issues that people don't want to look into. Absolutely. Um, and brings them to, to the forefront of people's minds. So right. thank you to him for, for helping you first and foremost, but yeah, also absolutely. helping the wider community. Uh, also this guy behind us. Yeah. Um, gosh, why am I blanking? Tony Canal, Tony Canal. Uh, I have a vegan club poster up here in my house of Tony Canal, and um, he is awesome, super sweet guy, um, very generous too. And yeah, it's it's really cool to um, just be able to be around these people and go to different um, animal rights events, and they're they're very outspoken. Um, Tony and Moby and all those guys. Um, 
it's just really cool to to as a movement to have their support and um their voice in all of this i think is very important so we have people like that it's it's great to see yeah it's really cool that you're in that community you get to be a part of it yeah and you get to make change and you you're you know you're actively doing that so yeah big thanks to you thank you for putting in we just heard about it like what a story and, yeah yeah you know you continue to tread a path that is not one uh that's you know that's simple and and linear and you know you're happy with that it's 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 what you want to do and um, absolutely yeah very cool so i also want to hear i know you've got a cool story about how you met your current partner stephanie yeah yeah so <laughs> how, how has she been an influence on you and um you know how you continue to to operate um yeah so let's see um stephanie and i met through instagram originally um and just you know friends at the time um uh, went out to a uh women's lunch um because it was around when Instagram kind of first was starting and, um, you know, I don't think many people, uh, in LA kind of, it was when people were trying to find each other and, you know, who's vegan and, you know, meetups and stuff like that. And, um, she just messaged a bunch of accounts and was like, Hey, let's do a lunch. And so I went out there and that's how we first met. But, I didn't even, we sat across from each other, didn't even talk. <laughs> it was just, I don't know why, I don't know why. It was just one of those weird things. And then it wasn't until um, a group of us uh, from LA went to the first um, vegan beer fest in Portland. We all took a trip up there. And then that's kind of when things first started happening. And, um, ever since then um like we came back we went on that trip we came back and then that's we we started dating straight after that so um I didn't even know that she wasn't on my radar because she wasn't in particularly interested in women <laughs> I guess at the time uh until I guess you know we started talking and um yeah I was kind of her first female relationship i don't know if she wants this on the air <laughs> we'll ask her when yeah, it's over okay. yeah. but it's you know it's, it's all part of i suppose both your journeys yeah yeah for sure and um we loved hearing about it the first time you told us yeah, when we yeah. were at that chocolate place in, right in, in new Brooklyn. york yeah fine um, and raw so yeah I, I thought i'd try and include it in there we'll see what she thinks yeah yeah but no worries i mean it's all good um yeah it was really cute how it came about um but uh yeah she's she's just been a, a really amazing um influence on me and it's taught me a lot about a lot of things and um i'm just grateful for her and our relationship and um it's it's really cool to have a vegan partner and be in that uh, relationship dynamic I feel like it it makes it so much easier for for both people and um, when you share the same like morals and beliefs and um, I don't know I feel like it makes it that much more like passionate and, and fun <laughs> yeah I, I think so too I think so too yeah uh, if you can find those things with a with another person it makes your relationship stronger stronger yeah for yeah, sure yeah. and 
I love hearing about the the other side of it as well, as you could tell from from your earlier days. Yeah. Um, and I, I huge respect for those people that are in a relationship that that they don't share those that right. that common ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would think that I would find it difficult now. Right. Uh, but maybe not. I don't know. I think it's all about being open to being open to the wider community yeah. in general yeah and not pigeonholing ourselves in these little it's I a bonus say, yeah. it's a bonus yeah. put it that way i don't know yeah. I, it is a bonus but i wouldn't i wouldn't you know stray anybody away if you're vegan i wouldn't um limit yourself to only dating right. vegans exactly. or anything like that because you know that's a that's a way to help educate people yeah. and you know bring them over to our side <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's because it's fun i mean it, as long as the person i would say is open enough to um your lifestyle and supports your lifestyle you know, that's pretty much all you need. That's the common ground you need. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Then, you know, you go from there, and and they can figure it out. So, cool. Yeah. Well, I reckon I reckon it's a good place to wrap it up. But where can we find you? Where can we find Beat by Beat? Um, yeah. So how can we get involved? Everything is at Beat by Beat. So website is beatbybeat.com. And that's Beat B E E T, like the vegetable. Yes. And it's X Beat. Just to yeah, spell so, it out for you phonetically. Yeah. yeah. And so it sounds like, it's, it looks like beat X beat when you look at it, but uh, when you pronounce it, it's beat by beat. And people pronounce it all different ways. That's why it's funny when you were <laughs> saying that earlier. I've had people say it so many different ways and it's, it's funny, but um, I, don't, I don't mind. However you want to say it. But as long as we get to the to the end goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a problem. Right. But w- what, so, kind of, what kind of stuff do you have in the shop right now? Um, so right now, um, we have some beanies, we have some coffee mugs, um, t-shirts, of course, um, a lot, I just added some new pens in there, um, lapel pens, um, what else? Oh, there's a bodysuit, thank you, there's a bodysuit, um, that one is all organic, it's from our organic collection, it's hand tie-dyed, um, and that was a collaboration with this girl that's local, here in LA um she does tie-dyeing and she works with bodysuits in particular so I found her and we kind of did a little collab on that um and it says beats per minute on it (laughs) which for music fans if you understand what BPM means um uh, which is like a tempo of of a song um then that one is is kind of up your alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scrolling through now. You've yeah. got some pins. And if anyone's looking for a good gift, you've got gift cards, right? Yeah, you yep. can do online gift cards. Yep. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I think I need to make I think I need to make one more beat beat by beat purchase. I think it's <laughs> it's on the cards. But Jackie, huge thanks. Thanks for giving up your time. You're you know, you're a busy solo you know, business owner. So yeah. uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, I can't wait to release this one. And awesome. yeah, let's yeah. get it out there. But thanks so much. Hopefully we get you on again in, yeah. in, a, in a year or two and we can we can see where we're all at. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And this is a great combo. Awesome. <laughs> thanks, Jackie. I jumped the gun, ladies and gentlemen. I jumped the gun. Let's, let's get into that. It's important. Um, 
Jackie brought up a really good point, so I'm going to let her roll with it. Yeah, um, when we were talking about the fast fashion and organic and all that, I wanted to mention um, that everything that we produce at Beat by Beat is ethically made. So um, the Blinks companies that we use, we make sure they're RAP certified, which is a certification um, that ensures that their workers are paid fairly. There's no sweatshops. Um, so we try to follow, um, those ethical practices as close as possible. Um, most everything is made in LA. We try to stick to keeping it local. Um, and, uh, our organic collection was produced by a company called Groceries Apparel. They do organic blanks here in Los Angeles and everything is cut and sewn in Los Angeles. So, um, the organic collection is, is part of that too. So, um, you know, we we try to produce things that are um, manufactured locally and definitely ethically made. Yeah, I'm just looking at the organic selection now. I really like it. It's cool. You got Jonah Jonah Weinhofen. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I yeah. love him. They're both Super awesome, nice. aren't yeah, they? Michelle Jonah and Michelle. And, yeah. yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, he's Australian as well. Yeah, 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 he is. I'd love to have them on the podcast at some point. Oh, they would be great. Yeah, yeah and they just had a baby. I know. Yeah, so adorable. We've followed their <laughs> kind of journey for a while. I know. They're like the perfect uh, vegan couple. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're yeah. Just, they're so beautiful to look at. It's like, are these people real? I don't know. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, I think, again, there are so many reasons why, you know, a beat by beat t-shirt is a is a great place to start um thanks for educating us a little bit about you know the fashion industry and and the detriment to to the environment yeah uh, and and just how we can help it's pretty simple i think it's a conscious decision to just say hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there anymore yeah i'm gonna focus i'm gonna focus on local um local brands that i like that i know produce their clothing in an ethical, sustainable fashion. Absolutely. Uh, designs that I like and a message that I can, you know, that I can also um, act as that support, walking yeah. message I can support and, and be that billboard to to strike up a conversation. Yeah. Um, also, one more thing I wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, chuck it in. <laughs> um, is that we do donate and give back to causes that are very important. Um, and not just in, um, animal rights, we, we do social justice causes. So I've done shirts before where I've donated to Planned Parenthood, um, and also to the Los Angeles LGBT center. Um, and, uh, like I said, the collaboration with Mercy for Animals. And then every year, um, I choose a different, uh, charities throughout the year to donate to, um, in November, I did a pop-up shop back in Atlanta where the uh, portion of proceeds from that event went to the Humane League. So, um, you know, always wanting to give back and think that's important to support our um, social justice causes and uh, animal rights causes. So, For sure. There's more than one, you know, movement. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all connected in a way. Yes. So. Totally. You know. Um, but you can help to support, yeah, other companies that are they're going through the same uh, kind of journey as yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for that. And we can also do that uh, ourselves. I've heard of things like, you know, instead of giving me a birthday present this year because I really don't need more things. Yes. You know, I appreciate that 
you guys love me and that you want to show your love in that material way. Right. But I'd actually prefer you go out and support, you know, this really cool clothing company in Los Angeles that I love. Right. Or this farm sanctuary in New York that I love. Sure. Um, and that's going to, you know, I'm going to be a lot happier with, with that uh, yeah. than if you were to just, you know, throw me something that might end up in the donation pile and in the next 12 months. So yeah, there are many ways we can, we can go about starting to create change and, and get people thinking. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jackie. Yeah. (laughs) Second time lucky. Let's close it out. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And yeah, I think I'd love to have you back on in, in the future. It's been, it's been awesome meeting you and, uh, and and having you here. So thank you. Thank you. And can't wait to get it released and live i'm looking forward to it cool hey guys epic chat with jackie i do apologize for the double ending there but we had to throw in some very important information about the company so i'm sure you do understand how amazing is her story plenty of twists and turns and ultimately the dream was too strong and she's now doing a damn fine job of spreading awareness about veganism through her label beat by beat If you want to find them online, take a look at their website or Instagram page. You would be spelling it out beatxbeat.com or beatxbeat on Instagram. I also did make a new purchase for the record, new black long sleeve t-shirt. Huge fan of it, been wearing it a heap on the road. You might have actually seen me wearing it on a couple of pictures that I've put out during uh, the last couple of weeks when I've been recording podcasts. So yeah, take a look at the shop online. I'm sure you will find something that you like. Thanks again to those who have reviewed the show on iTunes. If you do have a couple of spare minutes and are enjoying the show, please help out by throwing us some stars and also some nice words describing your favorite episode. Next week, we have a ripping show lined up for you. It will be All Things Gut Health with Dr. Angie Sedeghi. We had an awesome time down at her place in the OC area. Look forward to sharing it with you all. I'll see you then.